Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. In this episode, we'll be in interview in person. I haven't done an in-person interview in quite a while. Because of the pandemic, I was getting used to Zoom and liking Zoom. It was working out really, really well. So we were doing them on video and, and obviously recording them on audio, sharing them both ways. Well, today, this will be shared just one way, and that's audio podcast only and hey that's the way we started and and that's how we're going to do it today and i have a very special guest today and like i said in person and her name is casey mohan casey is an immediate past president at the ama sacramento valley that's the american marketing association and i think all of you know i belong to the ama boston that's the american marketing association in boston and we're both on our respective boards of directors, and, and we'll talk a little bit about AMA, and we'll also hear from Casey all about her job and what brought her here to Boston. Yes, she is not from Boston, doesn't live here, doesn't work here, but actually she does work here a little bit here and there, and that's why we're in person today, because she happens to be here in Boston from the West Coast working at her company's headquarters, and her company is Chadwick Martin Bailey, where Casey is VP, Qualitative Insights and Strategy. So, hey, I'll let Casey tell you a little bit more about her job first at Chadwick Chadwick Martin Bailey, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we have in common, especially with regard to the American Marketing Association. So, Casey, hello. Say hello to all our listeners, and I'm so glad we were able to get together today. Tell everyone about, again, what brought you here to Boston, and maybe a little bit about your job at Chadwick Martin Bailey. Terrific. Thanks, Bob. Uh, Nice to meet you all uh, virtually. Um, As he mentioned, I'm a VP Qualitative Insights and Strategy at Chadwick Martin Bailey. You can call it CMB for short, Bob, uh, just to help you out there. Um, I, as the VP of Qualitative Insights and Strategy, it's it's a market research role. So I get paid to ask questions for a living. You better watch out because I'm going to ask the questions here before the end of this interview. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So uh, as VP of Qualitative Insights and Strategy, My role is responsible for understanding the attitudes, beliefs, values that people have, understanding why and how they have connections to brands, uh, partnering often with the quantitative side of the house, which is what you think of the traditional surveys and statistics and that type of stuff. So as Bob mentioned, out here for work, my company's headquartered in Boston. I work remotely on the West Coast, um, but excited to be here. And, and I'm excited that you are here as well, Casey. And I'm so excited. I mean, we have in common AMA. And I think one of my colleagues on the board, for some reason, was talking to you or had caught word that you were going to be here in Boston. And I said, hey, I want to catch up with her uh, maybe as much, you know, just to catch up with regard to AMA. Um, little did you know that I was thinking in the back of my mind, maybe we do this podcast podcast episode and i'm so glad we're sneaking this in because now we can have a, a an official formal conversation about what you do at cmb 
See, got the acronym down now. And, and what we uh, have in common at another acronym, AMA. So CMB, you, so I've been in the agency world for a long, long time, up until just a few years ago. I was, for many years, a copywriter and creative director. I always called myself right-brained. Is what you do right-brained that is very creative, or is it part left-brained as well, analytical? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I think it's more an art than a science, uh, especially right the brain. qualitative yeah. research side of things. Um, it, it, so let's let's kind of like draw some parallels here. So you're creative. You come up with copy. You come up with headlines. You come up with creative concepts. My job is to vet them to make sure that they meet the needs of the yeah, intended yeah. audience. Uh, yesterday I was in focus groups. We were looking at some ads that were in development, animatics, uh, taking a look at how well they spoke to and what the main takeaways were for their target audiences. So um, that's what my role does uh, in relation to, to what you've been doing. That is, is, is very crystal clear to me. And, and back in the day I, I went to a few focus groups and certainly I – appreciate it all the time the more insights the better with regard to our audience so you're right we would work hand in hand as it were the creative folks in marketing advertising social media want all that data sentiment etc they can get on who their audience is i've never necessarily heard of though what you said people that do what you do actually vetting the creative that's interesting yeah, you know, it's 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 fun as as you think about the effort that companies put into gut checking products, services, the amount of money that they're investing in developing these things today. um, It's not a small investment. And so they use qualitative research, quantitative research, and these insights, if you will, to make sure that they're moving in the right direction, right, before they invest fully in building out a product, producing an advertisement to make sure that it meets the needs of its intended audience. It, it makes total sense. And you and I were talking offline a little bit about the book I have written, 20 Jobs, 20 Lessons. And a lot of it is about being in the trenches as a creative at all these agencies. And, and frankly, I don't think it's an easy job. And, and we had to go through layers of approval. And, and again, I worked you know, for many, many years cranking out lots of copy, lots of creative, working with designers, being a creative director, managing the teams, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of projects over the years, I always felt, geez, this, you know, going through all these layers of approval, it could be difficult. And and it's nice to know that maybe getting the data and, and insights that you provide might, might make it a little easier. Sometimes. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. I think, you know, it's about representing the voice of your target audience, right? My job is to ask a few questions, but let them run with the conversation, to listen to what they're saying, and to turn that into actionable direction for our clients that we serve. So oftentimes we'll be brought in, not necessarily by an agency, but by a brand that has hired the agency to do their creative for them. Um, So we have to kind of be the mediator between the customers 
and the brand and the agency. And it's a really interesting place to be in because I think oftentimes agencies are such creative spaces. Mm -hmm. And if you literally ask someone, well, what do you think of that? And they break that down. We have something called system one and system two thinking. System one is that like flash reaction that you tend to have, that emotional reaction, right? And system two is that slower thinking. And so uh, that slower thinking is when you circle back on that and you think a little deeper on that, right? That's when some of these goofy, funny, really creative ads tend to break down. And so it's an interesting space to be in to balance that system one reaction, that system two reaction, and think about where does the creative team need to go next from there? So so CMB doesn't produce the creative. CMB vets the creative on behalf of the brand, the client, that the agency produces, a, third, a, a different agency. So back to what my reaction was, I said, would, would you make it easier for the creative or more challenging. Um, how are you looked at? Are you, are you perceived as a friend, an ally, or the enemy? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what the insights say and, and whether or not yeah. target, target <laughs> audiences get the advertisement. Um, you know, I think it, it's kind of a mixed bag, and it is a delicate situation to yeah. approach because especially when it's a creative process, right, each agency has their own vibe, their own style, right, that they're known for, that they're hired for. Sometimes your target audience, especially when you have a focus group of five, ten people, don't always necessarily understand that. So we try to do larger sample sizes, uh, like multiple focus groups, to make sure that we're not just mm-hmm. misunderstanding or misrepresenting an audience um, as we go through that. But it is a delicate dance with with creative agencies and the pride in the work that they do. I love, you know, I, I really understand this and, and appreciate it. And I can see that you do have to be very empathetic towards the the agency doing the creative. And yeah, you're right. If you say, this is perfect, of course they're going to love you. Um, but I imagine you're in many instances, um, It's that's not the answer. It's probably some, you know, shades of gray somewhere in the middle. And obviously you're hired, you know, by this client who, who you are a lifesaver to them, I imagine. I mean, you're really providing them with insurance that, that what they put out there is ideally going to do well on the, for them. Yeah, and and you know it's it's really exciting when you can deliver insights. Whether it's yes, this ad is in the right direction, or this is kind of in the right direction, but you need to be thinking about X, Y, and Z. Right? These additional considerations, these additional things to help strengthen an advertisement, get it to a place where consumers will understand it, will resonate with them, and so it, it's it's a lot of. Yes, and types of conversations with agencies to really help bridge those gaps and really kind of create that resonance with your target audience. Extremely impressive and, and good to know. And, and that's Casey Mohan's role as VP Qualitative Insights and Strategy at CMB. That's Chadwick Martin Bailey. But Casey also wears another hat, and that's similar to the hat I wear, and that's with regard to AMA, the American Marketing Association. She's on the West Coast. Sacramento Valley, I'm on the East Coast where we are recording this interview, Boston, and I'm current president, but also past president. That's a, maybe a story for another day. I was president and for a couple of years, took took the past president's role, and now I'm back into the president's role. But let's talk about you, Casey. You're, 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 who, you're the interviewee. You are an immediate past president, but you were telling me you were president for quite a few years for, for AMA Sacramento Valley. 
Yeah, I uh, I kind of fell into the president role at AMA Sacramento Valley. Uh, I've been uh, in a leadership role with the organization since 2018. And as the pandemic kind of evolved, right, I think we saw a lot of uncertainty, a lot of shifting priorities, both early on and as things started to reopen. So um, really with AMA, it's been a very interesting journey along the way, too. We've had a lot of work involved in, in the DEI journey of the organization and been involved at the national level. So it's been an honor to serve not only the local community, but also help with initiatives at the national level as well. And, and again, that's where we met a few years ago. I think it might have been before the pan- pandemic, four, three, four, five years ago, at the Leadership Summit, which is a national conference that AMA puts on for its board members at, at the respective uh, chapters around the country. And, and we met then and have stayed in touch. I think we've seen each other at a couple of them and maybe virtually at a couple of them during the pandemic. You are involved in the DEI initiative that, that has been spearheaded by, by AMA at the highest level. Um, please do tell us a little bit about that because I'm impressed. Um, I, I, I am so excited to see, see us uh, embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion. Tell, tell us about those initiatives. Sure. Happy to. Um, I, I also do want to give credit to the volunteer leaders from around the country. They, they really kicked off and championed the early DEI initiatives at the organization. Um, a, a lot of local leaders got together right after George Floyd's murder and said, how can we make AMA a more inclusive organization? What responsibility do we have in shaping the narratives that, that come out through the marketing efforts and the campaigns that we have? So it's been a really interesting journey. It's been amazing to watch Support Center kind of rally around sort of the, the original volunteers that, that really said that this was an important initiative to them. But I, I do think it's really been a grassroots effort, uh, and it's been amazing to network and meet people from across the country that are also passionate about this and want to impact how we're shaping narratives and in, in, in the stories that we're bringing to life through our marketing and advertising campaigns. Yeah, I think I told you earlier that at this year's Leadership Summit in Chicago, I think we were both there um, with our respective, representing our respective chapters, and the vibe, the, the tone, the theme was very much focused on DEI, and I came away from that event feeling so good about myself and so good about being a member of AMA, they really brought to to life the, the theme of DEI at that conference, and I think everyone felt it. Yeah, I, I second that. And I think, too, one of the unique things that I saw at the event was – creating spaces and calling awareness to the neurodiversity that maybe sometimes goes unlooked as well. So I know we talk a lot about race, ethnicity, gender identity, sexual orientation when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion. The other one that I saw that I thought was really well done by the organization was was recognizing neurodiversity. Uh, they held this in-person event, and it was the first time that everyone was getting together right after the pandemic or as the pandemic was sort of um, becoming less of a – things were reopening. Um, and, and they had a room where people could step away because we weren't used to being in public and being in such big crowds before. So just giving people space and opportunity to decompress. Um, they did a really good job putting together uh, a little – it was a handmade thing where folks could put different disabilities, uh, different ability levels that they have that just call awareness to the neurodiversity of even just our chapter leaders. And for me, seeing that on display was just a very powerful reminder of 
how different of backgrounds we all come from and how we all come together and create spaces where we're each empowering each other to to do the best and be the best that we can each be. You are you're, how you're articulating this is bringing me back to those few days I spent at this conference, and I'm telling you, listeners, it was very powerful stuff that I will never forget, and and I will carry with me daily. Um, do carry with me daily. Thanks, thanks to you, Casey, and your colleagues who who made that happen at the conference this year. I'm going to pivot uh, and go in a different direction if that that's okay. I'm going to ask you a, a few different type questions. We're going to get away from AMA and maybe even CMB, those two acronyms. And folks who, who listen and or watch my, my podcast or follow me on social media know that I do a ton of social media. So I thought I'd, how can I not talk about social media um, during one of my podcast episodes? So <clears throat> I'm curious how much you use it personally or how much CMB uses it or this can be pretty open-ended but what your feeling is about social media what you like about it and and yeah we'll leave it at that what 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 say you sure sure so i i think it's interesting i i kind of fell into uh the start of my career in social media um i started out doing a news media segment um a lot of heavy research on social media about hot topics and parenting and then building out questions and taking those out to the community so social media has played an important role in sort of the development of my early career. Um, currently today, I really have stepped back from social media, and I think it's quite interesting that I have. Um, I used to use Facebook a lot. Now I'm using Instagram more, and I'm more of a passive consumer than a poster on Instagram, which I find really interesting to kind of reflect on and ask myself why I'm behaving that way. Um, I also use LinkedIn. Um, I like to use LinkedIn to stay in touch with a lot of my professional connections. Um, I think especially the nature of, of the American Marketing Association and being a, involved as a volunteer there. You develop a cohort that also, I think, you can call friends. So I tend to stay in touch in a professional capacity with some of my friends. I'm using air quotes over here. <laughs> <laughs> but Instagram and LinkedIn are the two that I would say that I use most regularly today. You know, what you're saying, unlike myself, I, I have seen a lot of other people doing and, and heard them saying that they're stepping back. For, I don't know if it's the pandemic or, or just trends if you will or or you know the fact that social media is is in its lifespan at a certain age where people are maybe pausing a little bit again unlike myself <laughs> um but but i can understand and and i think the fact that you use linkedin you know who doesn't really in 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 business and i think it's almost required that's my opinion i'm very biased very much a big proponent and evangelist on behalf of social media. Um, Instagram, you know, I'm, I'm all over it. Um, but just observing, I think, is still very, very good because you're, you're listening, you're in tune, you're keeping your finger on the pulse. Not everyone, you know, it's a small percentage, actually, who are heavy users in terms of contributing content. I have this um, formula. I picked it up somewhere, so I can't take credit for it, but the 99-1 formula, and that is, you know, 90% might be those passive consumers just looking, if you will, browsing, nine, engage a little bit, and, and only one, uh, the heavy uh, contributors, the content creators. And, and so I don't think it's atypical at all, Casey. Um, what about how AMA uses social media or how CMB uses social media? Any comments there? Any Do, do, you, do you think 
both where you work and, and the organization you belong to? Do you, do you like how they're using social media? Have you seen any changes in how they use social media? Sure, sure. You know, I think that's an interesting question. Um, my organization uses social media mostly from an employer branding perspective. So really trying to help folks outside of the organization understand what it's like to work at the organization. Um, I think we strive to, to be seen as an employer of choice, meaning that we really want people to enjoy coming into work, that they feel good about working at our organization. And so I think that we use social media to reinforce some of the unique things that we are doing as an organization and the focus on the individuals at our organization that really set us apart as a strategy and insights firm. So I've really enjoyed seeing how CMB presents itself on social media. Obviously, because of the channels that I have a presence on, I'm most often consuming LinkedIn posts, Instagram posts. We have an active presence on each, and I also have to give a shout out to our marketing team. They have a pet calendar, uh, so yeah. everybody puts uh, enters their pets into the pet calendar. We actually just finished up the votes and are waiting, but um, one of my favorite social media posts that I've seen them do was actually announcing the December 2022 pet obviously decked out in holiday festive yes. uh, apparel, but um, really humanizing, right? And, and bringing to life the individuals uh, and the employees that make our company a special place. So I've really, really enjoyed seeing that. You know, corporate culture is is, is what you're talking about in, in recruitment and, and showing that the vibe of the place where hopefully, you know, people are going to say, I want to work there. That's I see that all the time on those two channels that you mentioned, Instagram and LinkedIn. Even when, you know, a number of years ago when I was a full-time social media director, we were doing that on behalf of our clients, on behalf of the agency I worked at. That's where social media can absolutely be used um, real, real well to, to for employee recruitment, showing off corporate culture, to be a place of choice, as you say, to work. So, so props to CMB. Applause, applause. Personally, um, again, I'm all over pretty much all the channels on social media. But, hey, I teach it. I work it you know, on behalf of clients in the past, at least. I only have one client right now because I'm doing so much teaching. But I live and breathe and, and, and work and play social media. Let, let's switch over to why you're in town besides just working. Um, or, or should I say what you're doing while you're in town besides just working? Why is you here to work? But you must have some time to not work. And, and I'm curious what you, what you do when you're in town. I, can, uh, I think I was telling you offline, I'm, I'm, I could be a veritable tour guide for anyone who doesn't know Boston, but it sounds like you know Boston pretty well. <laughs> Uh, I do come back and forth between Boston with, with some cadence. Um, I think I know it better than some of the other cities that I'll bop around. But uh, my job does involve a lot of travel. And so I love the question, what do you do with your free time? I have a very boring answer for you. I walk. That's not boring at all. <laughs> I love to walk. I, told, I, I know all the nooks and crannies of Boston. Number one, walking is good for you. It's exercise. It it's, uh, you know, frees your, your mind. Uh, or, or you can use it to... to think deeply about life itself 
Yeah, I, I can't agree more. And I think that for me, the discovery of a new place on foot or a familiar yeah. place in a new way on foot is one of my favorite things about travel. Uh, you can find me walking easily in any given day, 10 plus miles when I'm in New York City. Um, Boston, I think I'll usually walk five to seven miles a day just to, just to get around and just see everything. And when you come at different times of year, yeah. I travel to different places with enough frequency. I'm very fortunate in that sense that I get to see Boston in the wintertime, Boston in the fall, Boston in the spring, Boston in the summertime, right? And so it's cool to be able to be on foot and experience how these cities sort of blossom over over a year and through the seasons. That is awesome. And you, you mix in a little pleasure with business, and that's the, the upside of, of travel. Um, you know, not you know. Travel can be good. It, it, you know, when you when you're enjoying cities like Boston, like New York, and and others. I mean, you can explore, as you said. You can get some exercise, and and it sounds like you love your job as well. <laughs> Very much so. I definitely consider what I do to be a big part of my definition of self today. Um, I have always been curious by nature, uh, for better or for worse. I love asking questions. Um, love hearing about people's stories, understanding kind of how they develop favorites or dislikes for things. And so very curious. And I think that my career has been rooted in that curiosity and creativity. So well said, Casey. And and again, not everybody can can I can't imagine, frankly, and maybe it's because I'm at a different stage in my career doing work the way you do it. I'm extremely impressed. I mean, to me, you know, commuting uh, what once every few months from from Sacramento to Boston that to me is a big deal. But you seem to do it um, effortlessly, effortlessly. I'm a little biased. I definitely consider myself to be an aviation geek. So when I'm on a plane, very excited about what type of plane am I flying on? What does the layout of the passenger area look like? Uh, where is my plane? I definitely, some of my friends make fun of me. I uh, used to carry like a spyglass around and I would like watch the planes or look up tail numbers once I could see what planes were in the sky and figure out their routes and stuff. So I'm a little bit of a nerd in that sense. Hanging out at the airport is not a bad way to pass time for me. Yeah, so there are, this is, there are many paths to success. We all have different journeys, and it sounds like your journey is perfectly suited for you. That, you know, applause, applause again, because uh, it must feel good knowing that, at least right now, you're doing what, what you love, work, and what you're doing when you're not working. I think I've been very fortunate in my career to pretty much throughout my entire career have done something that I am passionate about. And I think that that shows through in the, the work that I do, the creativity that I bring. Clients will come to us saying, I want to understand more about our customer journey. I want to understand who our target audience is or, or bring to life these different segments that we've defined through quantitative research. My curiosity, my creativity, and how do we understand these folks? How do we walk alongside them without disrupting who they are naturally and how they behave naturally? Um, puts us in a really unique place, I think, to, to glean really meaningful insights from these folks too. I have to ask, do you do presentations? Do you speak in public? Because you are extremely... Uh, just have to say this very, and this is a big compliment, very, very articulate. You represent your agency and what you do for work really, really well. 
Thank you. Um, I went to a performing arts school oh, from yeah. maybe third grade on. Oh. Um, so it's it's a little bit rooted in, I think, kind of how I was raised and stuff. But um, I do a ton of presentations. Yeah. I do public speaking uh, conferences and presentations on occasion, too. So um, when I'm not doing stuff for work, too, sometimes I'll get up and talk about, you know, being a woman who's blazed a career and is in a leadership role or those types of things as well to give back and, and help help empower folks who are early in their careers or considering a career in, in marketing as well. You and I were talking offline, and I said I do a lot of things, um, you know, just dive right in. And this podcast today, this episode has been one of them, meaning also my listeners know I've interviewed folks who, who I don't necessarily know all that well. And, and Casey and I have met a few times. I, I felt like I knew you quite well. Before this episode, now I've learned so many different things about you. I guessed right, though, when the performing arts. I mean, you can't see Casey like I can see Casey, but I'm watching her as she talks, and it's so effortlessly. She should have her own podcast, by the way, her own YouTube channel, by the way. I encourage you to do that. She did say something to me, and this will be the final question, and then we'll, we'll wind down. I'm going to, how can you mention that you're an aviation geek without telling people a little more to that story? I know because you told me before and I was real, real surprised. Tell listeners what else you have to do with regard to flying. (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, I'm a student pilot, so I've been working on getting my pilot's license. Um, I'm on the slow path, but I like to fly in interesting places. Similar to when I walk in cities, uh, one of the other things that I like to do is I like to find local airports, and I'll rent a plane and take a lesson or two. Um, So it's been really cool to to be able to pick up aviation and, and the different places that I visit for work along the way as well. It's something I've been raised around my dad flew airplanes did aerial photography some of my earliest memories are him hanging out of an airplane that they took the door off of so that he could take pictures um so it's always been kind of in our family and our blood um but it's exciting to be able to take that into my own hands we got to go flying in alaska i actually got to fly him around in a float plane through the denali range um so lots of good times lots of good memories a good way to kind of balance out the work with a little bit of play too so many superpowers does Casey Mohan have? That's what I've learned today, and I bet there's a lot more to the story as well. Maybe we'll save that for the next, another episode. And I, I do have one more question before I sign off. But you've been listening to Casey Mohan, immediate past president, as our guest, of AMA Sacramento Valley and a vice president, Chadwick Martin-Bailey, otherwise known as CMB here in Boston. But Casey is all the way here in Boston from Sacramento, California. Casey, if listeners want to get a hold of you, how might they be able to reach you, connect with you, find you maybe on LinkedIn, and and maybe just by looking up your, your name on LinkedIn, Casey Mohan, that's C-A-S-E-Y-M-O-H-A-N. Is that probably pretty much the best way for them to reach you? Yep, that would be the best way. Casey Mohan, so linkedin.com forward slash Casey Mohan, all one word. Uh, I'll spell it uh, C-A-S-E-Y, Charlie Alpha Sam Echo Yankee, Mohan, uh, M-O-H-A-N, so Mike Oscar Hotel Alpha November. Boom. (laughs) So, Casey, thank you so much. You're busy. You're here in Boston. You're working hard, um, but you, you, you 
gave some of your free time to me to to, to do this podcast episode. I sorry to, to put you to work here um, as my guest, but but it's been great to catch up with you. And we had a little catching up before the podcast, and maybe a little afterwards to to wind down. But we talked AMA, we talked CMB, and we talked Casey Mohan. A, a person with many, many superpowers. I am so, so impressed, and I'm sure you are too, listeners. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, and I appreciate you, and I hope all of you are, each and every one of you are happy, healthy, safe, and sound, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks.